Hello everyone and welcome to this webinar titled, Has God Called You to Write a Book? Has He Called You to Write a Book? For those who don't know me, my name is Sebastian Richard. I'm the founder of Thriving on Purpose Ministries. I'm also the author of five books, including my latest and most important, Kingdom Fundamentals. I think that we can barely see it good. There you go, including Kingdom Fundamentals. And I'm so excited to have you join me tonight for this webinar where we're going to go through uh, 10 <laughs> telltale signs to see if you were perhaps called, just like I was, to write a Christian book. So I'm going to share my screen with you as we begin this webinar. so that you can see the slides I've prepared for this. All right. So has God called you to write a book? Maybe it's a question you've been asking yourself. Um, sometimes we're just not sure. Uh, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, um, it's a big undertaking to write a book but it's a an exciting one and uh, i'm going to give you tonight some really really good points to ponder they're basically telltale signs like it's written right here on your uh, as you see on your screen 10 telltale signs that you should write that book so has god put a strong message on your heart did he ask you to write that message in other words has God asked you to write a book? In these challenging times, and I know we hear this all the time, but it's true. In these challenging times, God is spreading his word more than ever. There is an undeniable scribe anointing that is being spread over many in this crucial Hour. I have observed it. I have seen it time and again. Uh, you know, when we read in the scriptures that... Uh, in the latter days, your 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 young men will will dream dreams, and your your they will prophesy. The old men will prophesy, and all that, and so on and so forth. Uh, the Holy Spirit is spread uh, abroad in all kinds of ways, and manifests His gifts, and His mantles, and His anointings in all kinds of ways. And I believe that in these last days, in these very very epic times that we're living in, I believe there is more and more scribe anointings being spread all over the body of Christ. Uh, therefore, that means that some people uh, are getting not only tremendous ideas, tremendous insights, or have maybe tremendous stories to share with the world, but they have a strong desire to write those stories. In other words, they feel the call of God to write a book. But most of these books are never written. And as a result, God be like, why? Why aren't they writing the book? Why isn't this man or this woman? Why? I've given him the idea. I've given him the, 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 the burning desire, the fire, but they're not doing it. Why is that? Well, obviously, there's a lot of reasons why. And obviously, I am just kidding. God is not asking himself, why are they not writing a book? He knows the answer. He knows exactly why 
people don't do it. In fact, he even told me the reasons and I'm going to share them with you right now. Tonight, I'm going to share them with you. So number one, the number one reason, and it's a sad one, it's neglect or just procrastination. So some people, some believers know they are called to write. They know that, but just don't see it as a priority. They constantly neglect it and put it on the back burner. And, you know, ultimately that's between them and God. I mean, it might be a, a project that's burning right now that God wants them to do and they decided not to do it. Or it might be something that God has put on their hearts, but that there's, they have time and, and they know it and it's between them and God. So number one is either neglect or procrastination. Number two, and that's very common. I've seen that a lot. Hesitancy hesitancy so they're called to write so people are called to write they know it but they hesitate their hesitancy usually stems from a sense of overwhelm so they look at the book writing process the the whole work ahead and they it's like someone getting at the foot of a mountain and looking up at the, the whole mountain and being like, I can I can never climb this. It's too big. It's going to take too long. It's going to be too hard. So overwhelm, insecurities, and yes, fear of failure paralyzes them. So they're basically, they're hesitant. They don't do it because they hesitate. And there's a third type of person who doesn't, uh, why they don't do it, doubt. Doubt. So, they're, they're, they doubt. So for others, they're just not sure they should write a book. They're not sure if it's part of their calling. They'd like to be sure that writing a book wouldn't be a complete waste of time. So because they're not sure, they don't do it. So they reason basically, when in doubt, do without. So obviously, tonight's webinar will address all these three types, I'm hoping that at the end of this webinar, no matter what category you find yourself in, that you will have your answer, that you will have rekindled a fire and a passion and a sense of urgency to get that book done. So in this webinar teaching, I will answer the very important question, has God called you to write a book? I will give you, like I mentioned earlier, the 10 telltale signs that indicate you should write that book. So I hope you're ready. We'll begin now. So the number one. The number one telltale sign that you should write a book is, hey, you love to read. You love books. You're a bibliophile. Okay? And it's that's pretty, pretty obvious. I mean... Not necessarily, like, not all people who love to read should write a book. So don't get me wrong on this. However, I don't know anybody who's written a book who didn't love to read. So an author who doesn't like to read is like a chef who doesn't like to eat or a musician who doesn't enjoy listening to music. It doesn't make much sense. So if you're not already a fan of books or a fan of reading, Right from the get-go, you may have some doubts about your calling to write a book. But, but don't leave the webinar just yet. I know this might be discouraging because some of you might be listening right now and be like, I don't have a big library at home. I have like 10 books on my shelf and I don't really enjoy reading and I'm not, 
fan of books per se, but I do feel the call to write a book. How is that? How, how do you explain that? That's where I put a little but at the bottom of this slide. But there are some exceptions. For those who don't like either books or reading, who are not passionate about that, guess what? God may still have called you to write a book. And here's some uh, reasons that I jotted down or, or, or maybe ways around it, if you will. So ghostwriters can be hired. So there, there's some people, some even great authors or, or people who've written, quote unquote, written a lot of books who've never actually written a lot of books. I, one, I once read an article by, uh, by Phil Cook in which he mentioned that there's a lot of megachurch pastors who have written a lot of books who never really wrote one book. In other words, they hired a ghostwriter to put their ideas, their insights on paper in a way that basically reads and sounds like them. So that's what a ghostwriter does. Maybe, that's the second point here, maybe you're called to write only one book. Maybe you're a one book wonder. There are books like that, right? The, the person writes just one book, but it's an important book and it's an impactful book. And it's a book that helps a lot of people. So maybe you're a one book wonder. So if you're a one book wonder, don't wonder why you're, you may not be a bibliophile or a lover of reading or whatnot, but you might still be called by God to write a book for all kinds of different reasons. Okay. So you still have to be obedient to the voice of God, even though you don't necessarily feel like you have a career as an author or, you know, that this is going to be something you're going to do uh, more than once. And finally, last but not least, maybe you are called to grow into it and develop a taste for it. My mother used to tell me when, uh, when she would make me taste a new food, something that didn't necessarily look appealing, she would always tell me, Sebastian, you always need to try a new food at least three times. She said that at least three times, not once. Not twice, but three times. After three times, if you really, really don't like it, guess what? You don't like it. It's official. So you you kind of, for some people, writing a book is something they have to grow into and develop a taste for. And I had two people that came into my mind that I remember hearing them and giving interviews and talking about that process. Uh, the two names that, that come to mind are Tony Robbins and John Maxwell. John C. Maxwell, the leadership expert. Uh, I remember uh, John C. Maxwell, he said that it, it was excruciating for him to write that first book. It was very, very demanding, very hard. It was not a process he enjoyed. And he, he thought when he published, when he got that first book out, he thought, well, I got that out of the way. Now it's done. Thank goodness. I can get back to being a pastor or doing what I did best. <laughs> but guess what? Today he's written close to 100 books. So it, obviously it wasn't his last book, even though he thought at the time and he, he, when he tells a story, he always tells it with a smile thinking, you know, boy, was I kidding myself. I didn't know what was around the corner. Uh, same thing with Tony Robbins. I, I remember seeing an interview with Tony Robbins. He was explaining he didn't, he really didn't enjoy the process of writing books for the simple reason that Tony Robbins is an extrovert and he loves, uh, He's a guy who loves when, when things move, when things are action-oriented. So for him to sit in a chair 
and write a book, even though he's very good at it and very proficient at it, is an excruciating experience that he really doesn't enjoy, but he does it for the results that books may bring. So spreading his message, touching lives, changing lives, all that good stuff. So, so it's not because, all this to say, it's not because you're not a lover of reading or a lover of books that uh, you should give up right away and go like, oh, well, see, I knew it. It's not for me. Writing a book is not for me. So hang in there. There's <laughs> there's nine more of those coming, okay? So number two, the number two telltale sign that you should write a book is you're already writing. You're already writing. So what do I mean by that? Do I mean you're already writing books? Not necessarily, not at all. What I mean by that is you've been, for example, you might have been journaling for years or blogging. Maybe you have a blog that you write every week. Or maybe you enjoy collecting inspirational quotes. I know that, as for myself, I, uh, when I was in my early 20s, I enjoyed that. Uh, obviously, I, the, the, the inspirational quotes that I got were from my own reading. So I would have a, uh, a spiral notebook, and I would just write those down. Every time I, I read an impactful quote, I would write it down, and I collected quotes like that. So if you're already someone who enjoys writing in some form or another, Writing that book really isn't much of a stretch if you're already writing, if you're already someone who is enjoying the craft of writing in another form. Okay, so that's another telltale sign. Number three, you have a strong desire to be an author. You really would like to become an author. It's, a, it's something that's burning inside of you. It's something that you've always kind of wanted to do. So maybe you've been dreaming of one day becoming an author. And, and that was the case with me, by the way. I, um, when I was, I think I was 18 or 19, I already, the desire to become an author was already being born in my heart. So it's something that, that I really cherished. It's something that I really uh, wanted. And it was a dream of mine for a long time. So dreaming of writing a book is a very, very strong telltale sign that you should. If you're one of those persons like me who is actually dreaming of being an author and writing a book, well, you shouldn't ignore that. That is, in my humble opinion, it's probably one of the strongest telltale signs that you got to do this. A little bit of water. Now, number four, number four, maybe you're someone who loves to teach and share ideas. Maybe you love to teach and share ideas. That's also the case with me. So maybe you're already a pastor. Maybe you're a teacher in some capacity or in some ministry. So maybe teaching or conveying impactful messages is your passion. Well, guess what? Teaching and writing, uh, they're, they're, like, uh, they're like cousins. There, there's a, especially when we're talking about uh, Christian nonfiction type books. So a book is a great way to spread your acquired knowledge and share it to more people. So if you're used, if you're used to teaching, you're used to writing down lessons or preparing lessons, well, guess what? There, there's some connections there that can be made with the process of 
writing a book. So obviously, uh, writing a book, the great part about it is that you get to share, you get to basically teach while you're sleeping. So if people read your book, they're being taught by you. So it's really a, a really great way to share your knowledge. Number five, you enjoy using words to convey meaning. You enjoy, you savor words. You're a word lover, a wordsmith. Some people are lovers of words. They love learning new words and they surround themselves with dictionaries. Maybe you know people like that. I've known people like that. They, they, they love new words. They savor it. They, they love uh, learning new definitions of a word they didn't know before. So they are, they are born wordsmiths and love to read or write poetry, for example, or, or make words and terms sync together. And there's an example I have in mind that I wanted to share with you. It's uh, the example of, uh, I call him the, the rhyming pastor. One day I was at, at a church event for men and there was this guest speaker invited, this pastor. And he really made me laugh. He was funny. Uh, he was young. But during his sermon, I think maybe five or six times, he had these amazing, great quotes that he came up with that were very, very good, and they rhymed. So he was able to, to forge the quote in such a way that not only was it memorable, but it rhymed. And uh, and he said, when he, he shared, like uh, it had been maybe three, four, five that he was sharing, and he said, you know me, for those who know me, you know how much I... I love a good rhyme. If it, if it doesn't rhyme, it's if it doesn't rhyme, it's no fun for me. So he says it makes the quotes more memorable. It makes my sermons more memorable. And guess what? They're tweetable too. So he, he liked he liked the fact that the, his quotes could be used on social media. But it made me laugh, and it made me see that he really had a passion for words. And uh, I just wanted to share that with you guys. Number six, and this is very important. Number six, God has revealed it to you. Now, some of you, God has shown you that you are to write a book. If God has shown you in an unequivocal way that he wants you to write a book, you should. I could stop right there. I mean, I could go right to number seven, but I'm going to keep reading. It is then no longer a matter of doubt or hesitancy, but of obedience. You might have gotten a deep sense of confirmation. So maybe maybe the way you, you got that revelation from God is a deep sense of confirmation. That's the way it came for me. It was through a deep sense of confirmation. It might have been through a prophetic word. I know people who, uh, who've gotten a prophetic word where they were told, that they were going to write a book. And, and some of them took it very, very seriously. And they began working towards that, uh, leaning towards that in a more intentional way. Others, not so much. But you might have had that prophetic word. Or it might have been other people confirming that you should write a book. So if you're one of those casual writers, maybe you have a blog, maybe you're, 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 uh, you know, when I, when I said that you're already writing that, that was point number two, I think. So maybe some people read your blog and they went like, you know what? I love your ideas. I love the way 
your blog flows? Have you ever thought of writing a book? Some, some people might have planted that seed in your mind. You need to take that very seriously. Either way, it is God's way of giving you confirmation or revelation that you should write a book. You see, sometimes God uses people to talk to us. So we need to be attentive. When, when, when it's been th three or four people who, for example, read your blog and say, hey, you should write a book. Well, guess what? Maybe it's not people anymore talking. Maybe it's the voice of God disguised as people. And you need to take this seriously and take the next step and maybe start praying about this. Lord, are you calling me to write a book? <laughs> or are you revealing to me that I should write a book? So there's many different ways that God might reveal it to you. But if he does reveal it to you, you have to take it seriously and do it. We must not be hearers of the word only, but doers of the word. And the word sometimes is not just what we read in the scriptures. Sometimes it's manifest in our own lives in different uh, other different uh, venues and ways. Number seven. The number seven telltale sign that you should write a book. You are in a season of growth. You are in a season of growth. So sometimes God will ask certain individuals to write a book because that's the next logical step for them. If the next step in the expansion of the ministry, it is the next. See, I made a typo here. Even authors make typos. <laughs> it's the next step in the expansion of their ministry, influence, business, or impact. So because these individuals have been intentional about their growth, they get to a point, they naturally get to a point where they just need to write down their acquired knowledge or their acquired wisdom in a book and share it with others. Maybe that's you. Uh, I know that... I've been on a personal growth journey for years now. And it's funny because to, for every layer of new acquired knowledge, because knowledge is like an onion, it's like layer upon layer upon layer. And for every new acquired layer of knowledge, I often think of writing a book. Sometimes I forego it because I could, I can't write a book for every layer of knowledge that I encounter. That would be ridiculous. I would, I would just do nothing else but write. But the point is, uh, sometimes I get these new revelations, these new these new layers of knowledge, and I'm like, wow, this has really impacted my life. And in fact, in fact, most of my books came that way. I, I've written five books so far, and the five books that I've written came because I was in a season of growth, and it was necessary for me to to write that down, to put it down in book form, to share it with the world. Why? Because it impacted me. I, I'm not a selfish person. So because it impacted me, I was like, I need to share this with the world. The rest of the world needs to know about this. This is so important. So maybe that's you. Maybe you're in a season of growth and God is bringing you to the conviction that you need to share this with the world. Number eight. You have an amazing story to share. That is uh, one of the most prevalent reasons why people are writing books nowadays. We live in an era where the personal story has such a, a powerful place in, in every sphere. I mean, 
whether it's in the church, testimonies are so powerful, they can change lives, whether it's in uh, the personal growth arena, um, even even when you watch movies and my kids they they love when i put on a movie if if it says this is based on a true story they get real excited there's just something about a true story a personal story that gets us excited because we know we're going to get something out of it that adds to our humanity that adds to our humanity so maybe that's you maybe you have a story to share maybe you've gone through something that can really, really impact others. I wrote here, everybody has a story. For some, their story can carry a powerful testimony of God's grace, power, providence, or salvation. Maybe you overcame an overwhelming situation. That makes for a great story. Oftentimes, God will put on your heart to share your story because it could be the key that unlocks someone else's prison. I found that quote online and I thought, wow, that is so true. Oftentimes, God will put on your heart to share your story because it could be the key that unlocks someone else's prison. So, a lot of authors today, a lot of people who, who are writing books today, they began writing because they had such a powerful story. I remember, I, I'm not the type, I, I like, I personally, for my personal preference, I like books that expand on ideas or concepts, okay? Uh, but, but I know a lot of people who love books that are based on stories. But I have bought a few books throughout the years that had to do with powerful stories. And I remember, I don't remember the uh, name of the book. It's probably here in my library, but I forget the title, unfortunately. But it was the story of a young woman. She was telling the story of how her mother got her aborted. The abortion failed and she was adopted. That powerful story. She was, She ended up being adopted and she grew up, she had some uh, physical uh, problems due to what the trauma that she had gone through before. But the whole book was based around, obviously, her story from being an aborted baby to a beautiful young woman, even though she had a slight handicap. Uh, you know, you could see her features. There, there was maybe some, some trauma there. But it was an amazing story. And just think how many mothers who might be considering you know they might be pregnant maybe considering aborting their baby get, you know getting rid of it if they're handed that book or if they're told that story how it could really make them rethink what they're about to do so that's just one example and it's it's one story that came to my mind today as i was writing this but everybody has a powerful story i have a story that i might I, might, I know I have stories that I share in my books, like uh, shorter stories, like smaller tidbits, parts of my life uh, that are very impactful when I put them in writing in my books. They convey so much meaning for the reader. But for some, it's a whole book. The, the whole testimony of whatever they've been through is the crux of the message of the book. So maybe that's you.
Number nine, God has given you a powerful idea. A powerful idea. Some God-given ideas or concepts are so strong that we just can't shake them. The Holy Spirit is so very persistent when he gives us an idea. When he births an idea inside of you for a book, usually he doesn't let up. And if he does let up, it's because he found someone who's more willing and obedient than you are or faster. <laughs> God always has a plan B or C. Don't, don't forget that. And, and sometimes due to our disobedience, we might... Uh, we might lose the rewards that come with obedience. And I know it's happened to me on a particular book that I, I really had a passion for, that I, I had other priorities. I was writing another book at the time and I had I was given that idea and I was like, oh man, that would make an amazing book. And, and I don't know if I'm gonna write it because it went from back burner to back burner to back burner ever since then. But that idea was really, really good. And not long after that, a well-known, pastor came out with a book maybe a, a year later or so and the crux the subject the idea the presentation was pretty much what i was gonna write and i was like oh that kind of like blew the wind it took the wind out of me the wind out of my sails if you will so i was like oh i guess it's gonna go on the back back burner now it doesn't mean i won't write it it just means that at the time, I was writing another book, and I had other priorities. I just didn't get around to it. And now I have a whole slew of folders on my computer. I have a, 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 full, a main folder where it's basically book ideas. And within that folder, there's many subfolders that are all the individual books that I want to write. There's probably 25, take some, give some, book ideas that I would like to write. Some of which, it's funny, has we evolved. Uh, when you get the idea, you're so excited about it. And if you don't do it right away, well, they they kind of lose their uh, their importance or their the sense of urgency to write it. Uh, but anyway, all this to say, many books are born from a powerful God idea. Number 10, and this is a really, really huge telltale sign that you should write a book, is you've already begun writing your book. So some of you listening to this webinar have already begun writing your books. And uh, congratulations, if that's the case, that's amazing. Uh, and uh, I, I commend you for that. I think that's great. So maybe you've already begun writing your book. Maybe the process is going along nicely. Congratulations. But you notice here, I put a big but. But maybe you've stopped. Maybe you've stopped. And maybe this webinar is a godsend for you. <laughs> maybe the process is now halted. Maybe you had a crispy, clear concept that was red hot. And you began writing with passion. But now, for some reason, it's gotten cold. However it may be, however it may be going for you, don't ever doubt that you need to keep going. If the Lord brought you to the stages, the beginning stages of writing that book, he will bring you to the completion of your book. 
don't lose faith about that. He will bring you to the, the, the completion of it. So we've been, we've looked at the 10, we've looked at the 10 telltale signs that you may be called to write a book. So the question is now, so has God called you to write a book? And your answer to that question lies in how many of those telltale signs apply to you out of the 10. So you can score yourself on 10, right? And I would say six is a pretty good grade. It's a passing grade, at least. Under that, maybe more prayers needed, but you're going to need to grade yourself on 10. The higher the score, the more likely it is that you should stop procrastinating, get out of your comfort zone, and write that book. And I'm sure that this, uh, this overview has really blessed you, and I, and I hope it's, it's brought uh, clarity. So maybe after watching this webinar, you know for sure that God has called you to write. And that's great. Congratulations on getting more clarity. But, but, you know, I've, you noticed in this webinar, I've put some buts a lot. And that's okay. Maybe you wonder how to get started. So now you have clarity. You're like, yes, okay. Okay, I'm called to write that book. It, it, I, I wasn't deluding myself. I got confirmation now. Now what? I don't know how to do this. Well, I've got some great news for you. I wasn't just, this is a webinar. I mean, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, okay? I'm, I'm happy to have taught you something. I'm happy to have brought you here. But now I have great news for you. I have created the how to write a nonfiction Christian book masterclass. And it is a masterclass. The how to write a nonfiction Christian book masterclass was created specifically for Christians who wish to write a nonfiction book. It is taught by an experienced Christian author who's been there and done that. That's me. I've been there and done that. I've written five books so far. I'm working on my sixth right now. And the class also tackles the specific challenges believers encounter when writing a book. Because there are challenges. But there are advantages also. So the advantages of writing a Christian book, if you need to know, and you do need to know, because this is going to motivate you. When you write a, a Christian book, it spreads the influence of the gospel of the kingdom. It also mentors people. I mean, when I was a youth, books were my mentors. I mean, for years and years, and still to this day, books have mentored me. So I couldn't afford a, 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 a mentor, or, or I didn't have access to uh, great men who could take me under their wing and show me the ropes of successful living or successful Christian living or entrepreneurship or whatnot. So I learned it from books. I, I, I really took a liking, or a deep love of learning through books. So books act as mentors. A good Christian book leaves behind a legacy in writing. That's another point that's important to, to, to know. When you die someday, your book 
will outlive you. Your book will stay behind and still impact people, still bring what you've learned into their minds, into their hearts, and possibly change their lives. Uh, a book fosters the growth of your church, your ministry, or your business. That's a non-neglectable uh, asset of writing a book. Because when you write a book, you're spreading your influence. Because a book basically acts as a, uh, a representative or an ambassador of you. Uh, when someone is reading your book in another country or in another state, guess what? You couldn't be there, but your book was. And your book spoke the words. When the person read it, it spoke to them, spoke the words that you would have spoken. So it, it basically, um, it's, it's, it fosters growth. So people that way can find you. They find you online. They, they, they can find your church if they're, if they're close by. Sometimes people are, are close to living in the same state or same city as you. And they, they read your book. And all of a sudden, they, they end up, if you're a minister, if you're a pastor, they end up at your church. And obviously, last but not least, it becomes an extra stream of income in uncertain times. Now, obviously, the income of a book varies greatly from almost nothing to maybe New York Times bestseller status, which is what I hope for you. Uh, but the point is, it, it adds an extra stream of income in uncertain times. So these are the advantages of writing a Christian book. Now, you might be thinking, that's all great, Sebastian, but uh, writing a book is very, very challenging. And I totally agree. Like that guy on that screen, it ain't easy. It ain't easy. It is challenging. You're absolutely right about that. So let's be honest. Writing for the Christian nonfiction book market comes with its own specific set of challenges. And we're going to look at what those challenges are. So learning to partner with the Holy Spirit in our writing process. Obviously, you're a Christian, you're a believer, you've been walking with God for some time. You know what to partner with God is like to some degree or another. But when you're partnering with God in the writing of a book, it's done in a certain way. Knowing which Bible version is the most, most appropriate to use. That might seem like a, a, a pretty easy thing to, to figure out on your own, but for some people, it's a challenge. Constantly praying for inspiration and praying over your book. Because guess what? You don't just pray before and after. You pray during the whole process, the whole writing process of your book, because you're constantly building and adding to it until, it, until completion. Overcoming the excessive humility barrier to market your book effectively. That's something I've encountered a lot. A lot of Christians have a, a very, very hard time to market their book because they suffer from excessive humility. And excessive humility is not humility at all. It's, it's, it's actually pride in disguise, but I'm not going to get into that. The point is, it can be a barrier if it, 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 it stops you from really objectively presenting your book or the value that your book brings adequately. Another challenge is sifting through the myriad of sources to, to quote from without offending your particular target audience. That's very challenging. And I actually have two uh, modules, two modules in the course that address just that. So, for example, you don't quote John MacArthur 
to hyper charismatics it's probably not going to go well with them or they're going to be like why is he quoting john MacArthur?" or you don't quote smith wigglesworth to super conservatives so depending who your target audience is there's certain people that are better to quote than others uh, and so and people are very very nitpicky and easily offendable in the christian niche so you probably noticed that i mean if you've got christian friends on facebook they're we're we're, we're some of the worst in, in the offense category you have to learn to become unoffendable but you also have to learn to become a pro at not offending and that's not always easy especially when you're writing down words on on paper you always have to think and rethink is this going to go well is this digestible so you have to do it in a certain way continued other challenges how to write your author bio the author bio is you know the little blurb next to your author picture without sounding too boastful or doing the opposite shortchanging your accomplishments so there's there's a thin line between between being too boastful and writing that's something by the way that most christians do not do when they write their author bio they, they they're more they fall more in the other camp they shortchange their accomplishments because they're scared to look like there's some to seem like someone who's boastful so they they're very very careful and sometimes they're so careful that their author author bio kind of sounds flat and unengaging and it, it really shortchanges what they actually did, uh, either in their ministry or in their business or for the Lord or whatnot. So how do you how do you balance things out in such a way that it sounds neither or? How to get into the mind of your reader and challenge his preconceived notions, theology, or assertions thoroughly and yet gracefully. Now, that is an art in and of itself, and it is really, really challenging, and it's really, really hard, and it has to be done a certain way, because guess what? Any of your readers will not agree with 100% of what you're writing, so there's always going to be something that you wrote that they disagree with, but you might write it in such a way that will not uh, offend them, or even better yet, you might write it in such a way that will that you will win them over to your point of view because they maybe haven't considered certain things. But because of the way you write it, boom, they're like, you know what? He changed my mind on that. So how to keep the reader engaged when writing about more theological or scholarly matters? That's another uh, challenge in the Christian book niche. Sometimes you're writing stuff that's more academic, more theological, and you don't want to lose the reader because that might not be the whole of your book. If you didn't write an academic book, but you're presenting something that is more technical or more theological, you might be afraid that you're going to lose them. So how do you make sure that you keep them hooked through this more demanding or technical passage? There's a way to do it. Uh, another challenge, how to be truthful, relatable, and engaging in your writing can you be all can you be all of that yes you can absolutely and and i can show you how in the course I actually i do show you how in the course i can also help you with uh, so i can help you with all of these the, the stuff that I, I mentioned earlier while also covering mindset and personal growth because guess what i'm going to tell you i'm going to tell you a shocker right now i'm going to tell you a shocker are you ready reader uh, 
Leaders, leaders write books. Leaders write books. What do I mean by that? Unless you perceive yourself as a leader, you're not going to write the book. It's as simple as that. Followers or servants don't write books. And here's the crux of the problem here. And, and, and that's a whole new thing. I, and I could do a whole new teaching on that. And I don't want you to just take one part and be offended or whatnot. We're called by Jesus to be servant leaders. Servant leaders. And I hope, and I hope you're both. I really do. But here's what I've noticed in most Christians. They, by default, find it easier to say, I'm going to be a servant. I'm going to be a servant. I'm going to master servanthood. I'm going to become so good at servanthood that I won't have to think about leading. But we're called to be servant leaders. Each and every one of us has a leadership call on their life. Guess why? Because you're carrying the Holy Spirit and you're, you're an ambassador of Christ. So by default, whether you know it or not, whether you accept it or not, you have a leadership call on your life. But that's for another teaching. Actually, I have another course <laughs> about uh, kingdom leadership that you might find interesting. But the point is, mindset and personal growth are essentials when you're writing a book. Because guess what? There's going to be days that you're going to write stuff and you're so not going to be into it that you're going to look at everything you wrote before. So I mean, you might be at page 100 of your 200-page book. You might be halfway through. And on that particular day, you wrote something you're not proud of. And all of a sudden, your whole book sucks. And it's crap. And nobody's going to like it. That's where mindset and personal growth comes in. That's when you, you and the enemy will, will come and take advantage of that and tell you to stop writing and try to discourage you and all that stuff. So in the course, I teach you how to overcome that, how to address these things. The discipline of writing. There is a discipline associated with writing that without it, you're not going to complete the book. Discipline is so important. Consistency and discipline will bring you to the completion of your book. And that's another very important uh, thing that I teach you. Leadership, I mentioned already. Touchy subjects. So what to avoid? You know, there's stuff you don't want to you don't want to touch even with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> and avoiding controversy, I mentioned that already. So I'm going to, I teach you that in, in the course. I teach you all these things. I cover that stuff. And finally, you'll gain practical tools for choosing a big idea. So every book has a big idea. Okay, even if it's your personal story, your personal story carries within itself a big idea. So choosing the big idea or understanding your big idea. Identifying your reader avatar. Guess what? Your book is not for everyone. Not everyone is going to read your book. So how do you, how do you identify who your book is for? Clearly, concisely, very, very crisp, crystal clear. Finding your voice. Because you have a voice when you speak, but you also have a voice when you write. And people will recognize your voice as, a, as an author. When you've written more than once, or hopefully on your first book, you'll develop that tone and that, that specific voice that is yours. But when you've written a couple books or more, 
eventually you're known as a certain voice. You, you read a certain way for your audience. They recognize your voice as an author. Uh, creating a, a solid book outline, which is essential to, to basically building the blueprint of your book. How do you do that? I, I give you the tools to do that and the teachings and the, and the knowledge. Editing, proofreading, cover designing. It's all covered in the course. Marketing your book. I address that a little bit as well in the course and so much more. I give spiritual insight. I give uh, you wisdom for the journey. I give you, and we're going to cover more of the, what I give you in the course, but, but wait, there's more. <laughs> I kind of failed that. I was, I was supposed to bring that slide out, but wait, there's more. What is included in the course? So I'm giving you here the, 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 it's the stuff that you're going to get in this course, okay? You're getting a proven and comprehensive blueprint that guarantees a high-quality, ready-to-publish book. Now, that is something that's very, very valuable, and not many people can offer this. You're getting 18-plus hours of impactful teaching videos with detailed slides. If you like the format that that you've seen now in this webinar it's pretty much a sampler of what is awaiting you inside the course so it's detailed slides you get also likewise the same content in mp3 audio files so 18 plus hours of mp3 audios for those of you who prefer listening on the go sometimes you don't have the time or the luxury to be in front of your computer watching an hour long session or, or course module well if you listen to it guess what you, you, you can still grasp a lot of the information and maybe you're stuck in traffic and you can listen to the course on the go uh, the course also provides you with multiple guides in a pdf format filled with notes tips links and resources a ton of those tons tons included uh, exclusive, never-before-taught content in the Christian book niche. Now, this is so, uh, so important because a lot of courses out there are basically offering you, hey, we can show you how to write a book, but guess what? There's so many books out there. There's novels. There, there's there's uh, police, police books, you know, these uh, detective stories. Uh there's uh, there's children's books. There's, I mean, there's a ton of types of books. There's academic books. There's le left-wing propaganda books. <laughs> what types of books? Well, most of these courses are very, most of the courses that you're going to find online are very generic. So they, it's not highly targeted and specific to the Christian book niche, especially the nonfiction Christian books which is the ultra-targeted niche that I am helping you with. Uh, I also provide candid and honest examples of what you'll want to avoid, also known as cautionary tales. Guess what? I have a lot of experience. I'm very proud of a lot of stuff I did, but there's other stuff I'm not too proud of. I'm not going to share it with you tonight, but I share it in the course, and these serve as cautionary tales, stuff that you don't want to do, stuff that you want to avoid. Number seven, I give insights into how God communicates knowledge to help you write your book. 
This is so important. Uh, God is going to accompany you. If he gave you uh, the desire to write the book, if he's calling you to do that, guess what? He's going to accompany you every step of the way, but you have to be able to recognize his voice and there, you have to implement a, a way of doing things that is going to facilitate that. Number eight, multiple online and offline resources. Uh, I go, I give a lot of examples, um, whether online or offline. A lot of, I, I, I guide you to a lot of great websites where you're going to get a ton of information. I also give you great uh, recommendations for books that are going to help you write your book and, and so on and so forth. Number nine, specifically targeted content and resources that apply solely to Christian authors and the Christian book market. This cannot be overemphasized. In this course, you're really, you're really being guided inside in the Christian book market, the nonfiction Christian book niche that you're writing as that's because that's what you're writing. So it's really, really specifically tailored for that niche. And it's going to be so useful. Uh, it brings so much insight into that free. And, and now the, the last four points, this is so important. The course gives you free access to the how to write a nonfiction Christian book, Facebook group. I've created a Facebook group in which I get all my students enrolled and they get regular Q&As in the group. In other words, I show up, I pop up just about every two weeks to give Q&As. So uh, Zooms where you can interact with me, ask me direct questions, and I give you direct answers. And this is going to add so much value to you on your journey to writing that book. And what's great about the the group is also you also get peer support and encouragement within the group. You know, sometimes it's fun when you're part of a group on Facebook, on social media. You can ask a question if the coach is unavailable or he's out to lunch or whatnot. Someone might pop on and, and, and give great recommendations because guess what? They're like your peers. They're going through the same stuff you are. Some are more advanced. Some have completed their manuscript. Some are, are, are three quarters of the way there. But guess what? You can benefit from their experience. And that's what peer support is all about. And number 13, last but not least, access to the coach. That's me. Uh, I, I give very personal attention. You, you can uh, I'll give you the, the, the opportunity to email me directly if you have questions, if ever we're in between Q&As and you have an urgent question or whatnot. And I will do my best to answer you promptly uh, and with the details that you need to keep going. So you, get, you have access to the coach. And this course also has amazing value amazing value. Now it's not always easy to scale these things, but I, I, I've been in the uh, I've been in the entrepreneurial arena for some time now and I'm able to scale it pretty good. So number one, you get 18 plus hours of detailed video teachings in MP4 format. That's a value of $447 and you get a lifetime access. Don't forget that. Lifetime access. So once you purchase the course, you have access to these videos forever. You can go back to them again and again. And I add, I will also add further content when I, when I have the chance, when, when new developments happen, when I learn new things, I will add new videos as needed. So same thing with the audio teachings. That's a value of $147, 18 plus hours of audio teaching. 
lifetime access to group coaching and regular Q and A. So once you purchase the course, once you're in the group, guess what? You're, I'm not going to kick you out. You're there forever. That's a value of $997 because you're always going to have access to myself and peer support inside the group. I also provide you with downloadable, downloadable PDF resources. That's a value of $47. And finally, number five, industry tips, secrets, and wisdom. The wisdom that I've acquired for all these years of writing. I began writing. You might not know this. I didn't share this with you in the webinar. I began writing when I was about 19 years old. So I've learned quite a few things. I, I, I wasn't published back then. I got published only I, I published only when I was I hit my 40s. But uh, I began writing at 19 years old. So I have years and years and years of, of contacts with the Christian book market, with writing, with the craft of writing, and with everything that's uh, that pertains to getting your book published. So that is priceless. So that's over $1,600. So $1,600 in value. And for a limited time, let me repeat that. It's for a limited time only. You get it all. You get all of this $1,600 in value for only $197.77. So all of this, everything we've seen so far, everything I've been expounding to you right now, with a lifetime access to the course, so you don't have, you're not rushed to go through the modules. Once you buy it, it's yours. You you can take two years to, to do the course. You can take two weeks to do the course. You're, you're never going to be kicked out. It's yours forever for $197.77. And you get uh, coaching. You're part of the, the group also there. For lifetime access and this price is for a limited time only okay i need to emphasize that limited time only lifetime access so remember as we as we come to a close of this uh this course remember this is so important someone somewhere desperately needs you to do what god asked you to do when I read that quote the first time, it really impacted me. It really ignited in me a sense of urgency about everything I do with God and for God. It really made me see the importance of being obedient to the call of God on my life, whether it comes to writing books, uh, how I raise my kids, how I do ministry. All these things matter. They matter. But when it comes to writing books, if you're willing to be obedient and embrace that call. Well, guess what? I'm here to help. But wait, there's more. Nah, I was just kidding. There's not more. I've, I've pretty much, I've covered everything. And I, I'm so excited about tonight. I'm so glad that you watched this till the end. Thanks for watching. Uh, I'm going to stop sharing my screen now as I uh, end this wonderful webinar. I hope you've gained value from this. I really do. So as we end this webinar, um, I hope this has given you at least food for thought. And uh, hey, we're, we're starting the year. We're starting a new year, 2022. And what better time is there to stop procrastinating and make this the year if you have... Uh, have the conviction or the pull or 
If God has been wooing you into writing a book, what better way to start a new year than to say, I'm in, I'm doing this. I am not procrastinating anymore. So I hope this has added value to you and uh, God bless you on your author's journey. And I'll see you on the inside. Oh, before I forget, before I forget, the link to the course, the link to the course can be found in the description below. So I'm going to put the description below. Or if you want to head to thrivingonpurpose.com, my website, thrivingonpurpose.com, you will find the link there as well. We were going to put a nice big square for that course to, for you to click on, and you can find the course there easily on my website at thrivingonpurpose.com. If not, the link below will do just as well. All right. God bless you.